pull up a bar stool, brace yourselves, my man John Robinson, about to take the wheel and make me feel uncomfortable. We're going to talk a lot about the membership model and what we've been through and lessons learned and all kinds of good stuff. He has lots of questions prepared for me that I didn't know were coming. So sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLoomer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. So this week, you know, once a month I invite my good friend, my business manager, my backup CEO, my cousin, Mr. John Robinson, JR, to the show and uh, I let him take the wheel. How you doing, JR? I'm doing well. I, I hear there's a snow day in Colorado, and as I my response to that, it's a sunny day in San Diego. Yeah, I I've, I hear that things just shut down out there when you got those Sundays. That's crazy. <laughs> well, well, speaking of that, they, there was a lot of wind the other day. So much wind that it knocked some palm trees down. Oh no! And I kid you not. A palm tree fell on a person and killed the person. Oh my god, that's awful. That's terrible. That's terrible. So so when it gets windy here, it like shuts things down. So that that's how that's how coddled that this environment is, or I've become to where even when it's windy now, you go inside. Yeah. You don't want a palm tree falling on you. No, you really don't. You really don't. <laughs> I really have nothing to say to that. that but uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting here. It's uh, like I told you heading in. I mean, third pra- baseball practice, indoor practice since November canceled due to snow. That's how bad it is. So anyway, if we hear any thumping around and kids screaming and you know, give me that back kind of thing, whatever, uh, my bad. But that's my life here. So, um, so Jr. First of all, I don't know. We, we've kind of gotten away from the, the beer drinking theme here with the podcast. So I'll ask you, but are you drinking anything? What, what you got? <laughs> <laughs> I have cranberry juice. Oh, geez. So, so I think I think our, our podcasts are going to be about healthy drinks. So maybe next month is going to be a smoothie that I make up in the in the kitchen but yeah cranberry juices this morning and and for those who are wondering i have gone i i decided in december that i wanted to do a dry january which was just to experiment on what it would be like to socialize with no alcohol and what it'd be like to to work out with no hangovers and all that stuff and it's been amazing so i'm going for february because there's only 29 days this month so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it in February again as well. At least you're not drinking prune juice, I guess. I mean, I don't think cranberry. Not yet, not yet. But I, I do have a doctor's appointment scheduled soon, so maybe he will recommend <laughs> prune juice. Oh man! Well, I'm not even going to depress this show any further by telling everyone I'm drinking water. So, you know how this works. Uh, you make yep. me feel nice and uncomfortable. Uh, on these uh, pubcasts once a month and uh, I really have no idea what you're going to talk about hopefully you do so take the wheel my man well as you know I my content is organic 
I just look around, see what I find, see what comes to me, and I'll share some of the things that have come to me over the last few days, and that's what we'll talk about. So the first thing that's come to me is that you know that there are a lot of people out there that are trying to build membership models, mm-hmm. and they're building membership models from the starting point of sharing their own expertise, kind of like John Loomer is like he's sharing your expertise to the world and creating a, a peer-to-peer membership model online, and ours is called Power Hitters Club. There's lots of other people out there doing that. And I was reached out to a couple days ago to with the question of how do I build a membership model where people depend on me for my expertise, but I really want it to be about a community. And when I was asked that question, I, I mean, it, it kind of put me in an uncomfortable situation because I, I look at our, our model, Power Hitters Club, and I think we still are trying to figure, figure that out a little bit. So I'll ask you, I'll start it off. It's like, how do, how do I develop an online membership model where they initially depend on me for my expertise, but I really want it to be about community. And this is for that solopreneur. Right. And Well, I don't think that it should be to initially, even initially, that they rely on your expertise. I think it needs to be clear from the get-go that this is about a community. Because I think you're otherwise in danger of they start relying on you in the beginning, and then no one else wants to participate. Because they think this is the John Loomer show or whatever, the John Robinson show, whoever's community it is, uh, quote-unquote community. It's not really a community. It's a Ask John forum. Uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of used that mm-hmm. phrase before. Um, and that's precisely what I've tried to avoid. So I've intentionally, like, look, I, I do engage in the community, but I intentionally don't overdo it. Like, I don't want to be the most active person in the community. I really don't even want to be in the top five. Now, I still want to be active. I want to be in there commenting, posting stuff, you know, every once in a while, a few, a few you know, once a day or so on average. But the, the minute that I become the most active person in the community, then people start pulling back. Like, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't post this. Maybe I shouldn't comment. They want John's answer. And um, so I think it's... I think you kind of need to set that tone from the start that it's it's not about asking me questions and, and and be clear why okay i mean for me it's not you know look yes part of it's that um it's going to take a lot of my time the more this grows that it, it's just me answering questions but it's also an understanding that this is a, a valuable community that i'm trying to build of hundreds if not thousands of people who have unique experiences, many of which I do not have. I'm not going to claim to have experiences in every niche, at every dollar point, every price point, and and be the expert and claim that I know the answer to everything. I don't. So that's the power of a community. So um, that's why I want to make sure everyone feels welcome to, to answer questions um, and not wait for me to chime in. And, but also why I discourage people from tagging me. Like, dude, you tag me. Like, You ask a question, John, what do you think? What does that say to everybody else? It basically tells them 
that you do not value their opinion. So um, I mean, these are these are things that you know I deal with that um, you know that I've kind of learned from over the last almost couple of years now, in terms of you know, how how we actually create that community as opposed to an Ask John form. Well, and and as you say that, there are a lot of people out there that are trying to. I guess when you think about this, you're thinking about checkers or chess. And the chess part of it is thinking three steps ahead. And when people start these groups and they start it with this dependence on ask John, ask Jenny, ask Steve, ask Tom, whatever the, the person's name is, the idea of transitioning from ask John to ask the group is is probably how it should be designed in the beginning. But do, do you think that when we first started this, were you thinking that all along that it was supposed to be Ask Group when it started out Ask John? It's tough to say. I, I don't know that I necessarily had that crystal clear in the beginning, just like everything else. I think it was more, um, I was creating this quote-unquote private group community. I didn't you really know where it was going to go. Um, and then as it grew, kind of realizing it, you know, as we went, um, that first of all, it was a lot of work if I'm, if I'm answering all these questions. Second of all, the negatives, um, both for me and for the community, if I'm answering all these questions. And then seeing, you know, what contributes to when things are going really well. And often it means, you know, I may be participating in the thread, but I'm not the reason why the thread took off. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely been trial and error and learning on you know on the fly. So so with that being said, do you feel like you knew the difference between what you wanted and what you needed? And and let me give you some some more context for that because I will say in my observer role on on when I have to observe. I think that in order to have an ask group business model or a membership model, you what are the things that, well the things that I see that are needed are some autonomy and it's other experts in the group. So what what are some of the things that you think are absolutely needed if you want an ask group membership model? You need a community manager or group of community managers that don't speak for you, but you know they're representatives of your company, but that, that's not really why they're, they're posting. Like it's, it's not to promote the company. It's just to keep the conversation going um, and also to like maybe have certain themes one up. So that's important. The other is you know, making sure you have high standards uh, and for the people that you let in. So I think one of the mistakes we made early on this all comes from confidence and like and, and feeling like you're gonna be able to attract the right people. Like we didn't have volume to start, so when I launched it, I had this crazy one dollar trial. And of course, when you have a one dollar trial, it's gonna kill your quality at least temporarily. So it hurt our, our quality. Now it, it diluted it because there were still some really good people who got in at the beginning, but you you, you end up with noise when you have you know just spammers and low quality people in there too um so that's that's uh definitely one thing but another is just making sure you have an environment that encourages that participation i think part of it again is that it's not me taking over and um so valuing their 
their um, contribution. And so when they do share something, you know, thanking them and, and, you know, making sure everybody saw it and talking about it on the webinar. Like I do that a lot where someone will share something, you know, really interesting that I didn't know about uh, in the group. And then that'll be one of the topics I bring up in the webinar. And I say, you know, come straight from, you know, uh, Sarah Sal within the community or whoever. So, um, I mean, they're, they're, I'm going to say I got it all figured out, but I certain, it's certainly clearer to me than it was, you know, close to two years ago now. Yeah, and, and just so those, for those that are listening and probably taking notes, the three things that I heard you say that you, you definitely want and need when you're developing this Ask the Group membership model is one, engaging community managers, two, high standards of how you screen people in and out, and then a culture of encouraging participation. So those are the three things that I heard. Now, I will tell you this, there's not only is there I want it and I need it, but there's I don't want it, but I need it. So can you think of any I don't want, but I need? And I'm going to jog your mind because I'm going to share one that I hate that I'm being recorded on this because you can bring this back up on me. But I don't want it, but I need it, a focus on advanced Facebook marketers. Mm. And, and I, I don't want that. I, I want to be all things to everybody. You're and crazy. You're crazy. I know. I know. But 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 look how look how much I've grown. I said I don't want it, but I know I need it. Just like vegetables. You're, I don't want them, but I need them. You're, you're forgetting our roots. The only reason this business is successful in the first place because because it focused on the advanced Facebook market. So, so with that being said, is that the fourth tip that you have is like after community managers, high standards and encouraging participation, is it this bizarre focus on your target? Oh, I think it absolutely helps. Look, I mean, there, there could come a day where we segment and branch off to other topics, um, industries, niches, and it could include, you know, less advanced people. Um, but I don't think you do that from the start. You have to have um, this exclusive community for a very specific type of person, and so to make sure it attracts that group. Because um, otherwise, you're not gonna. The definition of value is gonna be different from person to person, and, and significantly different. And that what they think is value and they contribute it is going to be something that another person doesn't want to see. Whereas mm-hmm. if you've got people with similar goals. I'm not going to say similar experiences because they have different experiences, but they all, you know, they all spend a decent amount and they, they're experienced for the most part, you know. Um, in that case, it, it's more likely to be relevant, the content that's shared there. So that's really important. Now, there could be a, a time where it gets so big that it's like, all right, well, let's split off and create two relevant groups. Like if you're in these industries, if you're in e-commerce, why don't you, why don't you join this Power Hitters Club? And then that could even become more relevant in that way. All right, so I'm going to take a quick drink break right now because I'm going to prepare you for your next question. So cheers. Mm. So I'm going to drink some cranberry juice. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. All right, so I shared my I don't want it but need it, which was a focus on advanced marketers. What's yours? What's your I don't want it but need it? Uh 
I don't know. I really don't. All right. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. It sounds like a leading cl- question. Like, you know it. I don't. So maybe this isn't true, but expansion into other communities. Yeah. So, are we, and which business are we in? Which business are we? Are we in the business of an Ask John business or an Ask Group? And if we're in the Ask Group business, then don't don't we need to to expand this great knowledge and this great value machine that we've built to other communities? I wouldn't say that's a don't want it, but I need it kind of thing because I don't think I need it. I think. Uh, you know, if if it comes to a point where it seems like we need it and we've got the the people to manage it, because I'm not managing a group about a topic like Twitter ads, you know, so, uh, you know, it's it's I think I think it's different. OK, so let me let me see if I I can put it in the appropriate group then. Is it an I don't need I don't need it, but want it? No, I, I think it's a situation where we may eventually need need it uh, because people want it. Okay, so I so I like that, but then at the end of the day, for expansion into new communities, I don't want it and I don't need it. Is that where you stand on it right now? Yeah, I mean, there's some interest in it. Okay, and, and looking in the future, I see the possibility for it. But okay. I, I mean, I, I'd say, I'd say there's a slight part of me that wants it a little bit, but I, I definitely don't need it right now. All right, and and I, I I'm saying this because you're not special when you, all these people out there that are creating these membership groups, they're gonna have they're gonna have to cross this bridge too. They're gonna have to figure out what's the difference when they explore outside of their core business that they created into creating. You know other businesses and how do you get there because like right now you went from I don't want it I don't need it to I kind of want it but don't need it and as things evolve like I even like the fact that you said maybe because I don't want it but other people need it would cause me to create a little more fire under me how would you even know if other people needed it though well, we're start, we started to hear it in the, the group this last week. And people were talking about, hey, we need this for or the, whatever, whatever it was, Google ads or Twitter ads, or maybe it was both. Um, so I think that's, the, that's how it starts, is somebody in the community starts talking about it. We get agreement that people want it. So we get a sense of how, how much demand there is. And then we get someone who's willing to take it on, because I'm not taking it on. Okay, so so, but with that being said, when we were talking about what people want and need in order to run a successful ask group model, are, is the fourth component after community managers, high standards of letting people in and encouraging participation, is it listening to your people, listening to the people who are paying you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that, that's definitely important. Now, Now, I know in our past, and that's why I said listening to people who pay you, I know that we get lots of ideas from people who never paid us. And they're always like, hey, you should try this, you should do this. And it's really hard for that solopreneur to stay focused if you've got a whole bunch of people giving you feedback on, on what to do and not do. 
how, how do you how do you even filter that yourself? Uh, you know, it's definitely one of those things where you you can't take every request. Um, I'm gonna say seriously, but you can't take it as an a- action item. Like oh, I've got to make this change because this person or these five people asked for it. Um, I've definitely learned to to take all these qu- requests a little bit more casually. I mean, take it seriously, mm-hmm. make a mental note of it. Um, but in the end, you need to have a good plan. Um, it has to be profitable. You have to be able, you know, have bandwidth to handle it, and it has to be a positive change. So, like for example, I've had I had the request this last week, which I've had, I wouldn't say many times before, but a handful of times before, of having um, uh, 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 what do you call it? <laughs> transcripts? Transcripts of oh, I've seen, I saw that again. Yeah, of, of my webinars, and I've had that before. And he's like, it's so easy. It's just this one service. It's a dollar per word or per minute or whatever. And I'm like, okay, um, first of all, you know, if it's so easy, how accurate is it? How, cause it, cause it, if, if I end up having it transcribed, you know, spend $45 or whatever to get something transcribed. And then I, I see, I basically got to, cause you know, I talk funny. So if they if they don't know what the, and I don't know how what automated means if it's someone listening to me and, and typing it out or if it's like machines like it, so do I need to go in there and completely edit everything because if I'm editing it screw that because that that's that's that completely eliminates the reason you know for me to want to do it uh, but and also how quick is it because I record my my webinars I immediately start converting them and uploading them to Vimeo and creating a page in my members area. Is this going to slow it down? And if it does, if it's not available for a day or two, then is anyone even going to read it? You know, after I've already shared the link to it and all that kind of stuff. Um, Now, granted, you said it's within hours, which again makes me skeptical because it's like anything that quick, can it actually be good? But ultimately, you know, it's... How much do people actually want it? And that's what worries me most, especially for a community where we're still talking about, you know, uh, 600-ish people. Um, And I'm used to these numbers of like having a blog post, for example, where many, many thousands of people are reading it. So now I've got a community of 600 people. And this is why I got away from writing blog posts for that private community. And if I do this and, it, and you know, 20 people like it, is that really something I should be doing? I don't know. Um, so it's just it's a matter of prioritization. Uh, I think it, something like that definitely makes more sense the more we grow uh, because then we start talking about bigger numbers. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a matter of priori- prioritizing, understanding, and asking those questions that I immediately asked that I wasn't asking initially. I'm like, Oh, you really want that, do you? Oh, someone agreed with you. I better do it. And, and not thinking about, because I've done that before. And then I started making changes. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap, why did I do this? Um, so, so you got to ask those questions up front. Well, and, and I like the, the idea of continuing to distinguish they want it versus they need it. Yeah. And I think a tip for, for those listening is to really get precise on understanding that difference because they're going to want a lot. Yep. And 
I don't understand the need for transcription. I don't understand the intention. And I think that's why I'm not giving the thumbs up for doing transcription because I don't know why it's a value. I don't know, it, you know, it's easier to read or I don't have to listen. I, I don't I don't have it in my head enough. I'm not a transcriber reader, so I'm not even a consumer. So I don't know what the value is. Do you even know what it is? Do you read transcription stuff? No, but I would say that I mean, I don't know if I if I'd actually read the transcription of a webinar though. That just sounds like it wouldn't go very well. But I'm more likely to read a blog post as opposed to listen to or something or watch a replay for 30 minutes kind of thing. At least I mean that's just me. Right. But um, that said, I mean that could be a really long transcription. I don't think I'd really enjoy reading that. Um, something else to consider. Uh, this is a person who's been a member for over a year. So that's that goes both both ways on this. Um, so on one hand, it's like somebody I should listen to. They've been a member for over a year. On the other hand, is it something they really need? Because <laughs> everything's been fine without that transcription. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough battle. So it's one of those things that uh, I probably still need to do a better job of kind of polling people, surveying to understand what they really need and want. I like, I like the, the idea of, of who do I listen to and why should I listen? Because you're right, like they, a, a member who's been around for a year, and you know they've been loyal, and you know their their opinion matters. Everybody's opinion matters, but I think that there's a a, a heightened uh, sensitivity to to those that you know have a track record of, you know, not speaking out and throwing out 50 ideas every five seconds. But when they do speak out, it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should pay attention to this. Are there any other they want it that you've heard lately? Like I know that's one of them is transcription. Um, I've never heard anybody say they wanted a community manager. Um, I think I've heard people say they wanted you to be more. I don't know if it's present or or what it is. It's kind of, maybe it's more visibility. Is that is that uh. what you've heard? A couple of times, but again, I think that's people who are wanting more of an Ask John forum. Those are the people who jump into the, the community, immediately write a post in the Facebook group, tag me, and get mad when I don't give them a great answer. Or you know, maybe I don't answer at all. Um, because that's not what it's for. And, and then they get mad that no one answered, and ex that's exactly why that happened, because they're tagging me and they're looking only for my answer, and that defeats the purpose. Now, I mean, that's also why I created the webinars because that's kind of your opportunity to ask me whatever you want. And, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's also a case where, you know, I think maybe we need to be clearer up front so they know what to expect. It, um, it's not just, you know, asking me questions all day. That's not gonna provide value for you or anybody. So, so give, me, give me some other flags that people should be aware of that may lead them back to an Ask John, Ask Cindy, Ask Tammy model. Because one of them is flat or tagging, right? Yeah. So tagging is one of them. Another one is specific requests that are just straight to you. Yeah. That's yeah. another flag. That, that, what, are, what are some other flags? Well, that happens to, that's the thing that I don't understand. So they, they join the community and I'll get an email. 
hey, I just joined the PHC. I'm doing this. I've got a question. Like, what? <laughs> Come on. Use the group. Use the group. Like, I might be able to answer it. I might not be able to. And we got a whole bunch of people who would be who'd love to help. Um, so, I mean, that's a problem. I mean, it's just... Whenever we have people who, are, who have questionable ethics, you know, that's definitely a flag to me. Something we don't want. Um, they're not right for the group. Um, what about asking for your asking for your free time? Because I know I've seen that a couple of times. Because I get a couple of the emails, and they're like, "Oh, can I talk to John? You know, I want to ask him some questions about Facebook. And does he have ten minutes to talk to me for free?" Yeah, no, that's definitely one that drives me nuts. I think others include like unreasonable expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, so like high maintenance people, and uh, yeah, I say unreasonable. It's like you know, if if if, if you're not happy, don't just get out. You, you shouldn't be in right. the group. So it's a matter of not wasting too much. You know, understanding the context, not wasting too much time trying to make everybody happy. You're never going to make everybody happy. Some people love to be unhappy, um, and. You know, and also kind of keeping in t- context what you've created. Have you created a community where it costs $1,000 a month for everybody to be a part of it? Well, you need to provide a $1,000 product. Creating a community where people are paying $100 a month and you know even less, then you know they need to have reasonable expectations for that. Well, here's another filter that I want to bring up, and I want to see if you agree with it or disagree. But when I think of that they need it they, they don't need it but want it and i'll say it again they don't need it but wanted discounts and i think a lot of as people are thinking about pricing their membership model they can get sucked up into people always wanting discounts and the people not understanding the consequences of discounting and you just described a consequence of discounting where people, uh, some people that, that are attracted to discounts and membership models come in and they aren't contributors. Yeah. And they're very flaky and they're high maintenance and they're, and I'm, I'm generalizing, I'm not yeah. saying all, but, but I'm saying that there's a higher propensity for that. And I think yeah. as people are building their communities, their ask groups, they're finding out the power of community, they, they have to think through the, the discountings and the ripple effects of it because yes everyone wants a discount but everybody doesn't need one i mean i still wonder if if we're not priced appropriately because i still hear people saying i'd pay triple the amount right like for the value that i get i would pay triple what we charge yeah it, it's important to think about it like this so so again it's, it is a generalization so i mean it's, it certainly doesn't apply to everyone who acts on a discount because a discount, you know, creates some sense of urgency. Uh, they may not have even known about it, and now you're promoting it and mentioning this discount, and so they, they they use that discount, whatever. But something to think about is if they didn't see value in your product at ninety-seven dollars, and they would only do it if there's a discount. That is a red flag to me uh, that they may not be a good fit because they're gonna have now high high demands for what they're, you know, because that $97 is that so valuable to them, that, that $20 is so valuable, whatever the discount was, that um, they're almost going to be micromanaging the value they get out of you. 
as opposed to someone who um, sees the value at $97. Um, they're spending a lot on Facebook ads. So it's not that $20 is an end-all, be-all kind of thing to, to, their, to their business, that they're less likely to be high-maintenance. I mean, it is mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of a generalization, but again, we talk about you know, what happens, the ripple effect. Well, this is the first time, I can't remember the last time I've had a product where I, you know, I, was, I was promoting it. So it's my, by the time this airs, it's, it's gonna be over, but um, my, my next workshop where I'm not offering a discount. And mm-hmm. I mean, a few things are gonna be a result of that. First of all, you can, you can bet I will have uh, fewer immediate sales than normal, which is fine. Uh, but I also expect to have far fewer cancellations next month. Because again, that happens when you get people in like, oh, I wasn't gonna pay for it. I got a couple extra bucks sitting around this month. I'm gonna try it out. Like, oh, that's great, but I just don't have enough money to keep it going, kind of thing. And so that's we gotta avoid that. Cause that, that creates it's high maintenance, it's it's a cost to you because either you or one of your people need have to have to manage that. That's one of the biggest costs of running a community, a private community, a membership is you know, the in and out and managing all that. I, I, I'm going to pivot a little bit because I just realized something that, that I'm missing or we're both missing out on. And let's go back to the member and they want it and they need it. And I think part of the solopreneur or the entrepreneur who's building a model like this, they have to make sure that they keep on the radar when their prospects or their members say they want something and they need something because it's so easy to to forget about that and i'm going to tell you one that we have is there one that comes to mind for you that we've been hearing for a long time that they want it and they need it and we've not gotten it off the ground and i say we meaning you and i are you talking about the agency package you better believe it You better believe it. That's exactly what I'm thinking because I'm thinking that, you know, it, you, everybody who's listening, it's so easy to get caught up in doing the fixes and doing the business as usual stuff. And then when you have a nugget like that that people ask you for and it kind of gets put on the back burner and then it kind of gets just put up on the highest shelf on accident, I still feel like that's something that we have well, not gotten off the ground. Well, let me take you through the thought process. So I also compare this to we, you know, the, the, the request for an affiliate program. And we started doing that and then started realizing all the pitfalls of that. Well, the, the, it's our fault with the agency. I, I, feel like it was, I feel like we're the ones that recommend or that suggested the agency program. I don't remember. But basically, it's a matter of you know, you're part of a company, an agency with five people who all want access. Can we give them a special package? It sounds great in theory, but when you do something like, like that, first of all, there's bound to be even more um, uh, you know, hands-on management of it to, to get everybody in. Um, what happens when you know, they got a new employee? What happens if they're requesting it midstream of an annual plan? What happens you know, if they start inviting their friends to get, hey, this is how I can get you a special deal. 
just join me as part of my agency package. How do we prevent that? So, you know, so then I start going through all the, the negatives of it. And not to say that they outweighed the positives, but it's enough to the point where it's like, I don't know how much we need this. Because I don't, you know, I see the benefits, but um, I'm just not ready to to jump in. No, I like that because I think that there we can't listen. We cannot act on every they want and they need because for us, when we look at what we don't want and don't need, we don't need to make this business model more complex. No, we don't need to add more red tape, more hurdles to jump because when we do that, that's distracting to the rest of the business. Yeah, and that's exactly. And, yeah, go ahead. And as I say, that's exactly what it does, and it actually goes back to the whole argument about discounts. Because if you and your agency, your company, didn't see value in 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 um, buying membership for five of your employees before, but now you do just because it's cheaper. I don't know if those are the people we want, because I, I, you know, is that can I don't know. I mean, granted, if we're talking about a company with they're going to add 10, 20 people, that could be different. But um, if we're talking about three or four, why, why not just you, you see the value? Why not just buy a membership for all three or four people? So, so you're you're hitting a, a a big topic, and we'll probably have to do this one in depth next month. Is value. Because how important is it to develop this power of the community business model and get everybody to understand the value of it to where their wants and their needs aren't unrealistic? Because you're absolutely right. If they understood the value of it, then there wouldn't be as many requests to, for an agency model to give you five you know, five users for X amount of discount. If it's valuable for one person, then it should be valuable for number two, number three, number four, number five. So I think, you know, for those that are on their way to developing a membership model or, or knee deep in it, to always be thinking about value. And and John, what, what's your take on that? I mean, how, how I don't wanna say how important is it, but how much does it come up in your mind of being, you know, creating value for the community. Uh, quite a bit now, um, and it's always a, a balance in my mind too. So how do I how do I create the most value efficiently? Is really my end goal, and that's really why you know we have the model for this that we do. That you know I'm not the one who's you know it's not an as John form. I'm not creating a whole bunch of blog posts. I'm not creating a whole bunch of written guides that and training courses and stuff within the community, they're gonna be outdated in two months. Um, it's all real time stuff. So, but I know that the value go, could also go down by trying to create that stuff because you'd fail at it uh, because I'd be stretched too thin and then people would be complaining about stuff being outdated and all that kind of stuff. So it is absolutely something I'm always thinking about. Well, I, I have, you know, uh, I'm, I think we're getting close to our time. I have two questions that are not to be answered but just I, I feel like they're questions to, to help people think this through and the first question is building off of what you just said is how do I create the most value efficiently 
with the resources available to me? And then the second question to that, what are the resources that I don't have that I need to deliver the value that I want? And I say that because that first question of how do I create the most value efficiently with the resource available to me, I will say that we've done a lot of things with the Power Hitters Club and John Loomer Digital that are directly tied to the resources that we had available to us. And then once we expanded those resources to get a community manager, to get a technologist, to get um, you know some some other advisors slash consultants that are great with Facebook ads on board that expanded the value but I think that that you've done a fantastic job of saying no when you knew that you couldn't create any more value because it wasn't efficient for you I mean I still think one of our major struggles continues to be how do we create more content with the resources that we have available to us and then what are the resources that we need to create better content? And but, it's not John content. Because if you, if you don't want an Ask John community, then it can't be a John-centric content model. And I'll also say, though, that there's a balance in that you could have too much content. I mean, I had, that since the community is close to a couple years old now, so even though I haven't written a whole bunch of blog posts and created a bunch of guides and training courses and stuff, there are 85 web, uh, weekly webinars. There are, what, uh, is this the sixth uh, workshop that I'm about to do? So there was a new member who jumped in like, oh, is there like a where do I start link? Because this is there's so much content here. So that, that's also something you have to think about. Like, well, do, do we need more content? Is that really the answer? Is the answer always more? Or is it creating something that's, that's, that efficiently teaches people stuff in real time? Is this good enough? Well, you just brought up another good point for me as I'm thinking through this. The they want it, they need it is relative. Yeah. And, it, and what I mean by that, for the person that's been, that just engaged with us less than six months versus the person that's six months to a year versus the year and above, they're they want they needs are they need are drastically different they that's because i'm going to tell you the person who just joins us in the last 60 days are overwhelmed when they have to look at the last year and a half of our body of work it's too much for the ones that have been with us for the year they've already experienced that it's not enough so we got to keep building for them so i think that there's something to be thought of at the stage of your membership right and what their appetite is for it because it is overwhelming i mean i i've never thought about it till you just said the number of you know of of of, of podcasts of workshops of you know weekly webinars i mean that's there's a lot indeed indeed well we are way past time here now jr i've asked the bartender for the tab for your um, cranberry cranberry juice and he kind of laughed at me um, but you know where you know how it goes. Where, where can people find you? What, what's the deal? What's the story? Where they can find me, and I'm not going to tell tell you where they can find me first. I'm going to tell you tell them why they need to find me. No. When when you when you're struggling with 
you know, figuring out this mo this membership model and wondering what your challenges are, reach out to me. I like to answer emails. I can be reached at johnjohn at backupceo.com or on Twitter, uh, the handle backupceo. And just reach out because John and I love this. We are always trying to get better at this membership model. And any question that you may have, um, you know, if I can't answer it, I, I'll get it to John. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much again. I guess I'll see you in Hawaii. Uh, see you in Hawaii. Yep. So for everyone who doesn't know, I'll be in Hawaii next week. Uh, I'm going to tell you what conference. It's crazy. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't, I don't know if we'll be able to record. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, thanks again. Until next time, do awesome things. We're out. What do you what do you what do you think it yeah it sounds it, sound, it sounds like it what do you what do you, what do you think it yeah it sounds it, sound, it sounds like it yeah exactly it sounds like a leading question like you know it I don't